0: Well, every fifth Sunday, as we already said, every fifth Sunday, we always bring up the amigos, and it's always a lot of fun. This coming time, we have some new amigos to introduce to you, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know, am I, am I like an OG of amigos? So like an OGA? I don't know. All right, that didn't work out so well. Okay, so it is truly an honor to be able to bring up, you know, when you introduce people to the platform and they come up to bring the word of God, it's such an amazing privilege of mine to be able to do. But this first amigo is going to impact. And the reason I know is because his daughter was in the internship and already when she would pull out her Bible and she would do her own devotion, when she would do her thing, she already had those steps already in place. She already knew what to do next. And I know that comes because it comes from home and it becomes, it's because of what's being taught at home. And so it's, it's a great honor and privilege of mine to introduce to you this first amigo who is going to impact and put a black eye on the devil. So we just know, would you help me welcome to the States, Jackson Allen, as he comes up to bring the word to start us off.
1: man, I'm the first amigo, or I guess the new amigo. Well, those of you that don't know me, my name is Jackson, it's Jackson Allen. Um, my family and I have been coming to Valley now for about a year and a half, so we're, we're kind of newbies. But man, this church has really impacted me and, and my family. And so when Pastor Lynn called me two weeks ago and I saw it ringing and I'm like, I can't not answer this, so I, I answered the phone and, and Pastor Lynn's on the phone and he says, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing good. He's like, guess what? I'm like, what? I want you to speak next Sunday or two Sundays. I'm like, there was really a big awkward silence. And, and man, my flesh is like, no way. Because I sit in the back. That's, that's where I like to be. I, I'm, I don't come up here. But uh, my spirit said, get up there. And so I'm being obedient today. And I, I hope, thank you. I hope that that I can share my heart with you today and share what God's given to me and that it'll somehow impact you. Um, So really, I'm not one to mess around, I'm going to dive into this. Um, When I prayed about what I was supposed to speak about today, God told me that a really simple word, really, he's like, I want you to build a fire. I'm like, okay, I've built lots of fires. I mean, this is not a big deal. And so as I prayed more and more about it, he's like, no, I want you to really camp out with me and build a fire. And so I'm like, again, okay, I've, I've built lots of fires. I, you know, I grew up in Idaho. I, as a kid, you build lots of fires. And so, in fact, I, I kind of brought a video today that kind of shows you how I build a fire. So hopefully this video can play and we can see how I build a fire. <laughs> I mean, that's how you build a fire, right? You throw some white gas in there, and you throw a match on it, and you got fire. But as, as I was praying about this, God said, no, Jackson, I'm the fire, and that you need to build me. And I'm like, wow, okay, well, what does that mean? And so I dive into the Bible, and I'm diving on my phone, and, and so I, I land on Hebrews twelve twenty nine. And that says God is a consuming fire, an all-consuming fire. And so to me, that's kind of intimidating. I'm like, well, you know, fire burns and fire, fire hurts. And, and then God's like, no. Fire brings light. Fire brings warmth. Fire is a source of food. And I'm like, wow, God's all these things to me. And so God says, well, camp out with me. And so church, let's camp out with God for a minute. So I want you all, I don't know, maybe if I raise a hands, who likes campfires? Anybody here like to build a fire, sit around a fire, enjoy a fire? Well, that's God's presence, right? That warmth that we sense, that feeling, right? But sometimes if I'm being real with you, I lose that fire. I've been through trials, a lot of trials this year, as we all have, a lot of changes with COVID and things that attack us, that attack our schools. And just like Pastor Rutten said, we're in a crazy times. And I think God's really calling us to build our fire we're to be a light to those around us, those in our community. But that fire is going to burn off all that stuff that the enemy's trying to throw against us. It's going to cast it all off. It's going to burn it off. That God is bigger than all of that stuff. And so, well, how do we build a fire? And so God told me it's kind of, it's three parts. And so I want to start with the kindling. So the fire starts with the kindling. And God told me that, you know, our kindling is worship. It's spending time in worship. And it's our testimonies. And so as Pastor Tim said, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, okay, well, how do I do that, God? And, and he's like, well, when you're down, when you're really down, focus on me and feed that fire with kindling. I'm like, again, well, what does that mean? And then I think about my daughter. So my daughter, like Pastor Tim said, I'm going to get choked up here, but my daughter is an overcomer. And my daughter is a mighty woman, little woman of God. And she went through her internship and she just exploded in her faith. And she seeks God every day. And I see her reading her Bible and it just empowers me. So that feeds my fire. When I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling like I'm, I'm maybe a failure as a dad, I think of my daughter and it makes me smile. I think of, I think of my son. My son is, I love him, he's crazy. He just turned 11, and he's crazy. He's all over the place. I can't keep him still, but he makes me so proud. And so, secondly, God's telling me the second thing we need to put on our fire is smaller wood. I'm like, well, that seems pretty obvious. What what does that mean? Well, God told me it's very important that we surround ourselves with others that are going to feed our fire. Well, again, I'm like, okay, what does this mean? God says, go to Proverbs 27:17, which says, iron sharpens iron. One person sharpens another. And wow, this really challenges you as a man, because oftentimes when we're struggling, we don't want to share it. We don't want to tell you about it. I'll share it with my wife, but man, do I really want to tell my buddies at work about how I'm doing, what I'm going through? And oftentimes the answer is no. But then you come to a place like Valley and you get plugged in. You come to a men's group, you come eat some prime rib and you get to meet other guys cutting meat, you know, it's kind of cool. And it's just about being real. Why can't I be real with you? So I'll be real real with you. I struggle, I struggle with what it means to lead my family every day. What does that mean? I didn't grow up in a church. I never had an earthly father to lead me in that way. And now God's called me to be a leader of my home. And I'm like, wow, this is a big responsibility. This parenting stuff is hard. And it's just so important that when we're struggling, when we feel like we we can't do it, that God is right there. God is our everything, and he is there for you. God's there to lift me up, to tell me that, I can do it and that I will do it. And it's just been such an amazing journey that I've been on and learning what it is to lead and be led by my heavenly father, who I know truly loves me and who loves you. And so my third part is that after your fire is going, it's time to put on the hardwood, right? It's time to put on the big logs and start to get that fire really burning. Well, what is that? What does that mean? This right here is our hardwood. This right here is the wood that's going to burn forever. God's word is the, is the ultimate fire, right? God, God is fire. And he just, whenever you're down and you're out and you're confused and you're scared... I promise you, this word is alive, and to get into the word. Every time I read it, it's like, I've read it before, but it means something new to me this time. It's so amazing. And so, church, I just feel like God is really challenging us to stoke our fire. That's what I keep hearing, is stoke the fire. And as a man, I feel like I'm supposed to be up here telling you, all you men, that how important it is that you stoke that fire in your families. You stoke that fire in your kids. You stoke that fire in your wife. Because you've got to light the torch, right? This torch is so important that this torch, you're going to be able to hand it off to your daughters. To hand it off to your sons. Maybe it's going to be handed off to your, your grandkids. So that this, this fire this never gets put out. This fire burns on for generations to come. Again, I, I, I'm not a public speaker, but God's put it on my heart to just pray for men. And so I want to do that right now. Father God, I thank you so much for giving me the boldness to stand up here today. God, I thank you for every man that's here today, sitting in a chair. Maybe some of them didn't want to be here today, God. Maybe they came to support their wives or their kids. I think a lot of men are here today, God, searching for something more. And God, I I just pray right now, Lord, that you would meet them all in a very special way, God, that they know it's you who's speaking to them, Lord. I pray for boldness. I pray for breakthrough in homes today, God. I pray that men would stand up and not be afraid, Lord, that they would lead their families. Maybe they don't know what that means, God, but they would just take the step, Lord, to introduce the word into their homes, that they would pray over their homes, pray over their property, God, that they would push out all darkness. God, and as you call us to be, that we would be a light, that these men would be a light to their families, God. Your word, God, says in Psalms one nineteen one o five, 105, that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just help us to stay in the light. God, help us to stoke that fire. God, and when the world says we can't do something, Lord, that you would just drive out that fire, that fear, that anxiety, God, and that you would just continue to shine your light upon our past, Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good
0: job, Jackson. Good job. And he said he wasn't a public speaker. Get out. That was... That was some good chicken, wasn't it? That was some good chicken. I was like, okay, how do you start a fire? Wait, go back to step one. You know, I was trying to write it all down. That is absolutely amazing. Great job, Jackson. This next speaker is so powerful. He is awesome. I tell you, he walks in the Father's heart as well. Um, he Every time we're around him and his wife, they always seem to take one of our kids, and it's always like bouncing with them or talking with them or playing with them. And um, my daughter, Emmeline was baptized not that long ago. And this, this man of God came up right away and said, hey, sis, welcome to the family. And it just made me like just tear up because it, it showed his heartbeat. It showed that he walks in Father's heart because he's just so welcoming. He's so friendly. He's so powerful. And to speak that identity right into my daughter was just, I mean, she was like so happy because she's like, I'm part of a, God's family now. You know what I mean? It was like so awesome. So would you help me welcome to the stage this next amazing, powerful man of God. And he he is on our security team. Him and his wife lead our prayer ministry teams on Sunday morning. And they just do so much. They're VSSM graduates. Jackson's a VSSM graduate. And Chuck is a third year VSSM graduate. So would you help me welcome to the stage Chuck Rogers as he comes up to bring the next word.
2: Wow. <sighs> Jackson, fantastic. <laughs> I don't know, hard to follow. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same. I'm going to step back. And I'm just going to let Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit come. Fill my mouth with your word. Let them be like a hot coal on my lips, as Pastor Lynn prayed over me last night. Let your word come forth through me, your vessel. So it's a a perfect day because we had baby dedications today. So we are doing what? We're setting foundations we're setting a foundation in families that are going to last generations. These generations are coming forth and they're rising up. They're going to—they're going to have that mighty sword. And uh, as we, uh, Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. As we go through some of the tribulations of today, we, see, we turn the news on. And I don't know about you, but I have to turn it off. I cannot watch the news right now. I just look to my father and say, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And so, I have, I have notes, but... Uh, <laughs> Our wonderful pastor said, flush those notes out. But I'm going to use some of them because I have to say something. So I'm going to start in Matthew 21, verses 33 through 45. If you're not familiar with this passage, it's the parable of the rejected son. Pay close attention to this parable, Jesus said. There once was an honorable man who planted a vineyard. He built a fence around it, dug out a pit for the pressing of the grapes, and erected a watchtower. Afterward, he leased this land to a tenant. And a tenant farmer goes in and basically manages the crop for the owner. And as owners do, he went away. He wasn't in the area anymore. But at harvest time, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect the portion that was due him as lord of the vineyard. It's his vineyard. He owns everything in the vineyard. And so he sent his servants But the tenants seized his servants and beat one, killed one, and then stoned the other one. So the landowner sent other servants, even more than the first, but they were mistreated the same way. Finally, he sent his own son, his own son, his own flesh and blood, not another servant, to be his representative. And he said to himself, perhaps with my own son standing before them, they will be ashamed of what they've done. But when the tenants saw his son, they said, this is the heir. This is the heir of this property. Let's kill him, and then we can have his inheritance. So they seized him, took him outside to the vineyard, and murdered him. You tell me, when the Lord of the vineyard comes, what do you think he's going to do to those tenants, those people that not only murdered and killed his, his son, but his servants as well. So the, the apostles were there and they, they answered, he will bring a horrible death to those who did this evil and he will completely destroy them. Then he'll lease his vineyard to different tenants who will be faithful to give him the portion he deserves. And so we look back at the building of these foundations of these, of these things that are built that we're to pass on and we have building cornerstones that in our own lives that we use. And so, you know, as, <laughs> as our family cornerstones like baby dedications. And then we have our church cornerstones, which is our foundation in the Word of God. And so, after they had discussed this a little longer, Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read the Scripture that says, the very stone the builder rejected as flawed has now become the most important cornerstone. This was the Lord's plan, and isn't it marvelous to behold? So, um, there's, we go on through Matthew, and and then Jesus refers back to Psalms 118, 22, and 23. And, Turn there real quick. Good. Excuse me. He said, in uh, 22, starting in 22, the very stones the masons rejected as flawed has turned out to be the most important capstone of the arch. Holding up the very house of God, the Lord himself is the one who has done this. And it is so Amazing and marvelous to see. You know who he was talking to? He was talking to the chief priests and the elders who were the builders. They had oversight over the Jewish church at this time. The Jewish church was God's building. But they would not allow Christ a place in their building. They rejected him. They would not admit his doctrine. And they would not look at his laws and put them into their constitution. They threw him aside as despised and a broken vessel. A stone that would serve only as a stepping stone to be trampled upon. Jesus was rejected by the religious Jews, but was embraced by the Christian Jews and Gentiles of his time. And to that church, there was no difference between circumcision and uncircumcised. Christ is in all and is all. all through this the hand of god was in this plan even the rejecting of him by the jewish builders was by the foreknowledge of god this was all planned from the beginning god permitted it he overruled anything that we would want to do we want to save jesus but it was god himself that highly exalted jesus and gave him the name above every other name. And it is marvelous in our eyes. The name of Jesus. So I'm going to close with uh, Ephesians. And just as we open ourselves up to what God has done and the things that are going on in this world as Pastor Rudson referred to um, it's been heavy on my heart as well and so in Ephesians 2 starting in verse 19 he says so you are not foreigners or guests but rather you are the children of the city of the holy ones with all the rights with all the rights, as family members of the household of God. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives have been built up together upon the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. And I'm going to tail on a little bit of what Jackson said about men rising up as part of the becoming more of the body of Christ and more of leaders in their home. And it goes on in 21 to say, the entire building is under construction, so we're constantly under construction and is continually growing Under his supervision until it rises up completed as the holy temple to the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each and every one of you into the Holy of Holies, his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. So, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for the foundation that was laid in this church so long ago that my family and other families can come and partake in the foundation that you laid right here on Pastor Rudson's heart so many years ago and that you've stewarded through the generations that have come. And Lord, we thank you that you continue to be our cornerstone, to be that one stone that we can build our lives upon. Lord, we thank you for everything that you do, and it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Aren't you just excited for that foundation? And it's so awesome. I feel like Chuck and Cameron, that's what you guys just walk in. Like, walking in that foundation that you guys set, like pillars. Like, that's what I just see you guys, like pillars of the church. Like, like even it's, it's specifically, even like right now you're behind Dale and Diane, who are just mighty warriors of Christ, and you guys are that exact same thing. So I just encourage you in that. Just keep going. Keep doing what you're doing, because we just know God is going to open up so much, more for the both of you, Chuck and Cameron. We love you guys. Don't we love Chuck and Cameron? All right, and for this last and final amigo, it is so fun to do life with this guy. I am telling you, he is fun. He is exciting. I think we laugh a lot whenever we're together because we're either making fun of each other or we're like talking or we're just, just having a... I mean, it's just you just can't help but laugh. When you're, with, when you're with him, and you know, his son was in my internship program as well, and you could totally tell when his son started to talk, you knew from the cloth that he was cut from, and it's so awesome when you can see that, that it's not just something that is talked about, but it's something that lived at home every single day, and so it was with great honor and privilege, and I love this guy a lot. And would you help me welcome to the stage, the one, the only, this final amigo to preach the word of God, Pastor Benji Snell, as he comes up here.
3: All right. I got to say, Jackson, Chuck, I've been so excited once I heard who I was going to be speaking with this week. Um. I knew you were going to bring something amazing. And I've been sitting here kind of antsy because, as always, God runs this thread through everything. Through this entire service, God has run this thread. And I was excited last night to be able to, for the first time ever, talk to Pastor Tim about what I was going to be speaking because we've made a hard, fast rule that we don't speak, on the, uh, we don't speak about what we're going to be preaching on before on these Fifth Sunday deals. So I was excited about it. And, and what did I tell him we were going to be talking about? Fatherhood. So <laughs> I, I'm just excited to be up here and excited for you guys to have set that all up because God, God spoke to each one of your hearts and you listened and you obeyed. And that's key. So this year for me has been, you know, like everybody else, transitional. I'm not going to say it was good or I'm not going to say it's bad. It's just different. Everything. My whole life over this past year has changed. I've... I've Pulled back on a lot of what I'm doing here at the church. Most of it, actually. Because I purchased a business, and I'm, and I'm working on that business, and I'm and taking that time. So when Pastor Lynn asked if I was still willing to do this, I said, absolutely, I need it. I need this. I need you. I'm, I'm a uh, member of a group called the Kiwanis. Some of you may be familiar with Kiwanis. Basically, it's a a service group where business owners and executives, we get together and we work on things to help children. And um, a couple weeks ago, I had a client come into my office and he was talking to me and I was wearing a Kiwanis shirt and we we were talking business and then as he was getting ready to leave, he sees my shirt and he goes, what's that? What's Kiwanis? So I started explaining to him. And it brought me to tears. One of the things that my club does is we work with Department of Health and Welfare. And we put together these things that we call comfort kits for kids, which is a mouthful to say. But these comfort kits consist of a backpack that has a nice fleece blanket in it, a stuffed animal, an age-appropriate book. And it's something for kids that get pulled out of their houses. These kids are going through a traumatic situation. They're being pulled out of their houses because they're being abused or they're, they're, they're being witness of abuse. And so Child Protective Services is pulling them out. And oftentimes they leave with nothing but the clothes on their back. And I know the Forsyth's have seen this where... In emergency situation, they get a group of kids show up at their, their door with garbage bags with a few items in it. Our goal is to not have the garbage bags. So they've got something that's theirs, something that can be comforting. They've got their uh, soap shampoo and toothbrushes and toothpaste. We've got everything they need in that little bag, and then they, whatever few clothes they're able to take, they can put in there, and it's theirs. And they can have some comfort in that. As I was explaining that, I started crying. And I I couldn't figure out why I was crying. Then uh, Friday night, we took our kids to the fair. It's a tradition. My, My mom and my dad always want the kids to go to the fair every year, so we... We get them all set up and go to the fair, and I was kind of dreading it, because I'm like, there was no fair last year, it's going to be insane amount of people there, I really don't want to be there, as much as I love people, I really don't like crowds, so I I wasn't very excited about it, but we, I rush home from work, get kids, get my wife, everybody loaded up in the van, and and, of course, we can't do anything without adding an extra child or two in. And so we had my, my daughter's uh, friend from next door come with us. And so we're going. We split it up. And I, and I standing in line to get the wristbands, asked my wife, okay, well, are you going to go with the little ones or am I going to go with the little ones? So my youngest looks and says, I want Daddy to go. Well, I guess I'm going with the little ones. So I get my wristband and I go with the little ones. Well, that means that, I'm not a big guy, but I'm not a small guy. And I don't know if any of you have ever tried to cram into the little kids' rides. My knees were killing me all night because I'm sitting, okay, we got to, yeah. But what I, what I discovered really quickly is all of a sudden, there's this little kid that, that wants to go on the ride, but mom or dad can't go because there's other kids or they don't have tickets or they didn't, you know, we're standing in line, and, and and I see this disappointment on these kids' faces. Of oh, well, I'm too short to go on this one by myself. So that's thirty six inches or shorter, pretty much. So these are three year olds that don't quite understand why I can't go on this ride. That other three year old beside me is going. So I said, hey, I'll take them if you're okay. And we did. And we had one little girl that just followed us around for a while because her mom was there with a baby and, you know, there was just no way that she could get on the rides. Otherwise, she, would have, she had two rides that she could have got on by herself. And so she, I just brought her into my fold. Sure, let's go. And I was contemplating that on Saturday. Why? Anybody who knows me and who's known me for any, any period of time knows that if we're in a crowd and in it's a mixed crowd and there's adults and there's children, you're going to end up finding me with the children. That's, that's where I'm going to be. I love you guys all, but your children are more interesting. I love the kids. I love being with the kids. I love their heart. I love their playfulness. I love how much fun they have. But it's not children. This is what was revealed to me yesterday. It's not the children. It's not my love of the children. It's not how fun they are that attracts me to the children. It's their desire for dad that attracts me to them. Because we all have that intrinsic desire for dad. Some of us had great fathers. Some of us had horrible fathers. Some of us never knew our fathers. But all of us have this intrinsic desire for that validation from dad. Now, I I really feel like I've been blessed personally. I've got a great dad in the natural I've got three great dads sitting right here, four, five, Mike Alborn. So happy to see you here. I've missed you. And a granddad. (laughs) I'm, I'm talking about as a spiritual father. Mike, you've been a spiritual father to me. and Pastor Rich, and Pastor Rutten, and Len, and Dale. I've got right here, just in this group, I've got five spiritual fathers that I can lean on. We all need that. And that's, that's what Jackson was talking about. That's what the baby dedication's all about. That's what our worship was about today. I love when God runs that scarlet thread through everything. I do it like this because it's parabolic. It's parabolic. A parabola is an arch where there's similarities. Jesus spoke in parables. And when you look at those parables, you look at one point and it goes and it flips up and around and every time it crosses that line you can see This is where we are. And so as I was praying about this, the the parables came to my mind. And and I'm I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it. The first two that I've got to talk about real quick is the the parable of the sower and what I call the parable of the the reaper. I think a lot of your Bibles will say the parable of the bad seed. Um, But the parable of the the sower and and the reaper. And so in the parable of the sower... man goes out and he's casting his seed on his field and some of it falls on the road and some of it falls on the rocky soil and some of it falls on the good soil. I'm going to stop there. And instead of going into who's the rocky soil and who's the road and who's the good soil, it does not matter. The point of the story from this perspective is that he's casting the seed to everybody. To everybody. I don't care how hard your heart is. He's still casting that seed on there. And, and something kind of came to me too. Has anybody ever seen a road that's been let go that is no longer used? What happens to that road? It's, it starts to fall apart, right? It starts to break down. That road becomes rocky soil. Rocky soil will take the seed, right? Has anybody ever seen what a plant can do if a seed drops in the crack of a, of a rock or concrete. And what happens with that root starts to break that rocky soil down. And eventually, as many times as that, that seed's planted and it sprouts and it starts to grow up, it eventually breaks that rocky soil down into good soil. That seed goes out to everybody. And if you will allow it to take root... He welcomes you in. And then the parable of the reaper. So man goes out and he's, he scatters his seed on, on, his, on his soil. And he puts good seed out there. And then while he's asleep, his enemy comes and he scatters bad seed and weed seeds amongst the, amongst the wheat. And then as it starts to grow, that's the only time he can see the, the difference. And what does the farmer say? He says, To his servants who ask him, should we go and should we tear the tears out? Should we get rid of the weeds? And he said, no, don't. Don't do that because you might tear up the roots of of the good plants as well. We don't want that. So when we're in times like right now where we're sitting here going, why, God, would you allow this kind of evil to be happening right now? Because if he tears it up now... Many of us will be tore up with it. He's got to let it grow. He recognizes you. He knows who you are. And he recognizes you as different and set apart, holy, sanctified. A peculiar people. I love that translation. A peculiar people. He knows who you are. And once you're a part of his family, which he's gone out and he's given that seat, and everybody has that opportunity, if you ever slip up. Has anybody in here ever not slipped up? I thought Dell was going to raise his hand. <laughs> I was going to say, wow. Wow. That's why I adopted that man as my spiritual dad. He never slips up. Never once. We all do at some point in time, right? Well, Jesus gives us parables about that too. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. For those of you who don't know a quick, the lost sheep, man has a hundred sheep, one one wanders off. He leaves the hundred safe in the corral and goes off to find the one. And rejoices more over the one than the ninety-nine that didn't leave. He will pursue you. The lost coin. Woman has 10 coins, her dowry, as it was explained to me once. Mike, you may have explained that to me once. The dowry. She loses one of her dowry coins, turns the house upside down till she finds it he will move heaven and earth to reach you and the lost son how many of us are in that spot the prodigal where we've we've walked away we've forsaken we've actually forsaken that which he's given us. When we come to our right mind, he's not there to condemn us. He's not there to beat us. He's not there to punish us. He's there to welcome us and restore us to our position. Restore us to power. Restore us to love. Brothers and sisters, it's that father's heart. It's that father's heart. When I was standing in line waiting to get on one of those silly little rides that I wasn't going to fit in, and that little girl looked so disappointed. couldn't help but say, it's okay, come with me. And that's what he's doing right now. He's standing with you while you're standing in line and you're thinking, I can't get on because I don't qualify, I don't measure up for some reason or another. You've disqualified yourself. I've done this, I've done that. But Pastor Benji, if you only knew the thoughts that have gone through my head this week, you would know that there's no way Holy Spirit will take me back. And I say, he never left you. He's been beside you through all of it. And he's waiting with open arms, clean clothes, sandals put on your feet. And I'm going to change it from a ring to put on your finger to a credit card to put back in your wallet because that's what that ring meant. He's there to restore you. And he wants to restore you. The best changes that happen, happen from the top down. God has already presented the change. He's given us example of the change in Christ. So what I'd like to do right now, Chuck and Jackson, if you can please join me back up here. Maddie, can you come too? Lexi, Miguel, can you break ranks and come up here, please? If Luke is somewhere in here, he can come too, but I take a decent class. Okay. It's okay. I've done it before. I did it on Father's Day once. Okay. I wanted to bring. Everybody back up here because when Pastor Lynn told me who was going to be preaching with me, the first thing out of my mouth was, those two are great fathers. And they are. And I see it in their children, my grandchildren. Everybody in here who has that longing for dad. I don't want This is not a time for us to lower our heads and close our eyes and shamefully say that's me. No. Stand up. Stand up right now. I'm telling you if you want to run back into the father's arms, stand up right now. Stand up and run down here. Come down. Everybody stand up and come down here. I'm not just talking to men. I'm talking to the women. I'm talking to the children. I'm talking to everybody. Come up. For we all have fallen short of his glory. And the good news is that the gift of God is everlasting life through his son, Jesus Christ, who took on your sin and nailed it to the cross and died with it, left it in the tomb and rose again. We all have the opportunity to return, to be restored. And those of you who have been running, you know he's been chasing after you. You know there's no rock you can hide behind, no no tunnel you can dig yourself into where he cannot find you. So come and receive. And normally I'd say, hey, let's put your hands out to receive. No, no, no. That's not what we do to daddy. We lift our hands up to be lifted up because we want to be in his arms. We want to be in his arms. Reach up to daddy. Hmm. Father God. We just thank you. We thank you for all that you've done for us, for everything that you're doing for us, for the path that you laid before us. And we're reaching to you and we just want to be held in your arms. We want to know who we are. We want to know who we are. My wife sent me this text a minute ago that I need to read to you because she said, someone here needs to hear that they are created by God. Not by mistake, fearfully and wonderfully made. Every cell and every part of their DNA was intentionally created by God with love and purpose. And Daddy wants to pull you into his arms and remind you of that right now. Let your peace fall. your strength fall. When you're in dad's arms, you don't have to fear. You can cry if you need to. He's just going to hold you and love you. While you're praying, we're just going to come around and we're going to pray with you. For right now, just rest in his arms.